Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Auburn Tigers hold their second scrimmage of the fall this Saturday in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Let's talk about it on this edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, Auburn family? What is up, Uptempo gang? I'm your host, Dustin Smith, joined as always by my guy, Blake Lane. Blake, how are you, my guy? What is up, Dustin? Uh, I hope everybody has had a great weekend. Uh, got to little, watch a little UFC last night. A little late for this one this morning. Slept in a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Sean O'Malley put on a show, brother, that electric right hand. And uh, my nephew's birthday party yesterday. Uh, had a blast doing that. Showed up as Spider-Man. Yeah, so I saw Peter Parker made an appearance. Yeah, man. Uh, got to uh, got to put a smile on his face, and that's what it was really all about, man. So uh, happy birthday, Grayson. Today is his actual birthday, so he's turning Let's three. Go. Uh, and, uh, I just hope he has a great day. So yeah, man, uh, excited for the news out of fall camp, uh, excited for what Hugh Freeze had to say. Uh, there's a, a few concerns that we're, you know, kind of worried about, but, uh, all in all, I think you have to be excited, uh, for, for these next two weeks and going into this UMass game, brother. I, I think, uh, you look at a guy like Shane Hooks and that play he made, I know we'll Ooh. talk a little bit about him, but, uh, that's, that's gotta get the blood flowing and, and, the hair standing up on the chest a little bit. Yes, sir. So what we're going to do is we're going to get in here and uh, we'll talk about, just kind of go over the notes, what we got, talk about what Hugh Freeze had to say, and then we'll get into the quarterbacks in the second segment. Blake, hop right into it, man. You mentioned it. This boy, Shane Hooks, you've been saying it all summer. Everyone by now has seen the clip more around on social media. It's the still frame of the of the one hand is, is mm-hmm. unreal, man. And uh, you were big on his size. You were big on his – athletic ability and it seems like he's emerged as the, as the top target for Peyton Thorne man yeah Dustin um you know like we like we mentioned we said that he was going to be a playmaker the size uh in the red zone going up and getting uh going up and getting the 50 50 balls and and going up and getting balls uh in the back of the end zone like he did yesterday and and one thing I do want to point out is I think that's hella ball placement from Peyton Thorne you know, down on the red zone, what do we always say? Uh, you put it where only your receiver can get it and nobody else. There's a lot of traffic down there, all right? The field is – it's compacted down there. Uh, you know, it's, it's tight. You're throwing through tight windows and everything. So, put it where Shane Hooks can get it, and he went up and got it. Um, and the only thing that kind of um, is, is kind of worrying me a little bit is – uh, Hugh said that Shane has to start playing every play 
mm-hmm. uh, like he does his biggest plays. Right? And he said he doesn't know if it's him not playing against like SEC competition his entire career or what is it for them? Like what are they going to have to do to get him to run every route as crisp as he does uh, when he catches the football? And he said, because you can tell there's some times where you're like, hey, Shane, like, come on now, like, you know, get it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I, I say I'm worried about that. I don't think I'm really – I don't think I'm too too worried about it. But uh, if he really starts busting it and, and taking every play like it might be his last, I think you could even see more out of Shane Hooks this year. And I do think he's emerged as the go-to guy. Uh, and and that's not knocking, you know, a Rivaldo Fairweather who we think is going to eat. I just think Shane and Peyton's chemistry is there right now, and, and they can fill each other uh, on the field. So, dude, I, I'm super excited about Shane Hooks. I, look, I know a lot of people say that Auburn's not getting a thousand yard receiver this year, but if he's if they do, I think he's the guy to do it, Dustin. Yeah. Um, Hugh Freeze's comments that you alluded to were interesting because that was kind of the book on Shane. If you remember when he came over, that was one of the like well, that was one of the knocks on him was that he, he takes certain plays off and he knows he's not getting the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the difference between being a good college player and turning into a good pro. And hopefully Hugh can you can say, hey, man, I've put guys in the league. Uh, you see the guy right now from Liberty, the undrafted guy going up to New England and showing out his name slips my mind. But um, Hugh can obviously point to his his reputation, and all these receivers, all these guys that he has and say, this is what I can do. Listen to me. And it's your last shot if you Shane Hooks. So probably if you have a good year, you're probably going to get drafted just off of ability and talent or at least get a look in the camp. But you can put yourself into a third, fourth round type situation if you really come out there and have a good year this year and put up big numbers and, and show good film and clean up those little things. Because, you know, Blake, scouts don't leave anything unturned. Yep. NFL scouts not going to leave anything unturned. They're going to check out every little thing. And what they don't want to have to deal with is a lack of effort. Yep. Because by the time that you get to the NFL, if people have to try to turn on your motor, that's a problem. So we'll see what it is. I would say that Shane Hooks – no shade at Jacksonville or Jackson State, but obviously he has never played in a lot of these games. So let's see what his juices are like in Baton Rouge, you know. And, and, and- Dustin, one thing I want to say to, to your point there about the motor is uh, is the 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 Slater guy uh, for for New England. He he mm-hmm. played like eighteen years as a special teams guy. All right. Yeah. But he played every play like it was his last, bro. And he was going to Pro Bowls, all right? He was going to Pro Bowls as a gunner on special teams, all right? All because he busted his tail every single Sunday, every single play of the game that he was on the field, he busted it, bro. And and that's the kind of motor that you have to have. Um, And, you know, a guy like that, like he'll tell you straight up, he said, I played every play like it was my last, you know, and and I didn't take anything for granted. So uh, I think Shane Hooks, I think he'll receive that message from Hugh, and uh, and I think it'll it'll get between the ears and and uh, it'll sit on him, and and he'll come out 
and uh, and he'll give us 150 percent, brother. Even if he gives you his production from last year at Jackson State of 750 yards and 10 tutties, like that's obviously the best season we've had since I would believe Darius Slayton off the top of my head back in 2017. And even then, he didn't he didn't reach 750. I believe he mm-hmm. topped out at what like 690, 710, somewhere in there, six seven tutties. So, yeah, man, that would be an absolutely huge deal uh, for him personally and for this team. We need to have a big guy like that, a big athletic freak like that. Been a long time. I feel like Seth had that ability, but the offense wasn't there for Seth yeah. to. Yeah, big shout out to Seth, by the way, down there. Another nice day for Seth. I did three catches for 36 yards. And like I said last uh, last weekend, man, Seth's looking good running those routes. So mm-hmm. we see you, boy. We see you tank down there in Duval, bro. We see <laughs> you, tank. big tank. Take that running back one spot. Let them know, man. Let them know. Shout out to all the Auburn guys. Derek Hall had a sack yesterday. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the Auburn guys and the pros, man. But, uh, yeah, so – Big physical guy here is Shane Hooks, making some noise. That catch was unbelievable. And you've been hearing it all fall camp that he is that guy. Um, so that, let's get into these other guys, Blake. Let's talk about some other things that stood out to you. Speaking of big receivers, uh, I will say seeing Cam Brown back, thank goodness. It's mm-hmm. just been this lingering issues. And then he comes right back and grabs the tutty. You would think coming back, first scrimmage, having practiced pretty much all fall camp, having practiced this spring, I'm expecting rust. I'm looking at him saying, well, I won't even see the real Cam Brown until a couple weeks into the season. He comes right out, grabs a touchdown right out the gate. Uh, man, that's big deal right there. If he gets going, Shane Hooks gets going, Rivaldo Fairweather gets going, all of a sudden you're going, I got three targets that are over six foot three, six foot four. I got some big boys down here that I can feed. Got shorter. Um, shorter, man. That was interesting to me. I don't want to leave this go, uh, let this go unnoticed. McPherson with a big boom. Big mm-hmm. old boot. What was the numbers on that again? I don't know. They said have been good from 60-something. Yeah, it was a 58-yarder. It would have been good from 65. Yes, sir. So, you don't want to stall out in the red zone or near the red zone, but this sounds like you can damn near stall out on the opposite side of the 50 and kick one in there. So You know what it, you know what it does feel good, Dustin, is, is uh, late in the game, under a minute left, you're down three. And, uh, yeah, and you know, hey – I, all I really got to do is advance the ball to the 40-yard line, and we're cooking. Yeah, so, good point. Um, I mean, you got to be excited about that. And and you've got this kid for a couple years, so uh, he's still yeah. a, he's still a puppy. Yeah. So, it, it, that, that is exciting that special teams doesn't get the juice and the love, right, Dustin? Like, we haven't it, talked it's, about it's, it yet. Yeah, it's not sexy, all right? It's not uh, – people don't rant and rave about it, but to look at this guy and you're saying, hey, got him for a couple more years and he's banging them from what could have been 65 and like from what you hear is right down the pipe so i mean that's impressive dog i mean i know i know on tiktok i watch him on tiktok and uh he practices like and and banging them from like 70 so the kid you know i know it's different in game and everything crowd noise d-line coming at you and everything right i get it uh, but it's fun to watch the kid kick. Yeah, for sure. And so we know he's got the leg, and this is something we won't know till the season. It'll just be about the accuracy, finding the consistency, all that kind of stuff. How does he handle the pressure as a true freshman? Well, not true freshman, redshirt freshman. But how does he handle it? You know, are you going to be West Byram? You going to come out there and just handle business and do your thing as a freshman in the swamp? Or 
you don't you don't know that till you see it. But obviously, he comes from good genes, good blood, and uh, if he's anything like his brother, we're excited for it. And if you got a leg to kick it from fifty-eight, man, like you said, we're going to be in tight games. So yeah. going to get that last possession. Find Rivaldo over the middle for a big gain of twenty-five, and then have your guy come in and boot you a fifty-five yard and get out of there with a dub. Uh, before I uh, let you hit on what stood out to you, Blake. Nehemiah Pritchett getting a pick. And I mm-hmm. wanted to bring up Nehemiah because Hugh talked about it in the press conference. And it was interesting the way he said it. He said that Nehemiah and DJ are, he basically said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but he basically said they're established as the top two corners. And there was a lot of noise about Kay and Lee, and rightfully so, because Kay and Lee has earned that noise. He came in day one of spring training and, and let it be known I'm that guy. Um, guy that's going to get a ton of reps this year. But for Nehemiah, a guy that we both said is it's it's obviously shit or get off the pot for him. You got to make it happen right now. Yeah. Um, no more chances. And you had a good year, and then you had a, you know then you kind of regressed last year and hurt your draft stock a lot. So he needs that year to bump back up to where scouts thought he because he's got all the physical tools. It's just about mm-hmm. finding that consistency. Uh, it's good to hear say hear Hugh say I view him in that light because then you're looking at it and you're saying okay man and. I got a very, very experienced secondary with a ton of young guys right underneath them that are super talented. They can learn from those guys. So, and you want to get the maximum amount of what you can out of a guy's eligibility. So I would like to get Nehemiah to, to get majority of those reps over there. Let Kay and Lee get in there, get his experience as the season goes on mm-hmm. and, and then let him be ready to step in next year. So that was interesting to me pulling for Nehemiah, man, get in there and make it happen. And then um, Jeremiah Cobb, getting the most carries yeah. stood out to me. Now you can, now I feel like when you're down to third string, you know, you might be running it a little bit more than you're airing it out type thing, but still there's, there's just the, the Jeremiah Cobb noise is slowly, slowly rising. And I, and I think Batiste good. And I'm not ready to say that like a, over a Damari type thing, but look the Jeremiah Cobb is just different. This kid is just different. If you kept up with it, anything he did at Montgomery Catholic, it's a different kind of deal. So it's no shade at Austin. It's no shade at, at uh, Batiste. And I'm not saying that he's going to overpass those guys. But you're hearing that noise come up more and more and more. And if he does surpass those guys, I'm not going to be overly surprised, bro, because it's what it's what he can do in the pass game. Yeah. He, can, he can pass block. He can catch the ball out the backfield with the best of them. And then if he's understanding his running assignments as well, the gaps and all that kind of stuff, it really puts him in a, in a good place, man. And uh, I'll pass it to you after this because I know you wanted to talk on it. Too tall, Xavier Miller was a big time get for us out of Juco. I believe he was number one rated tackle, maybe number two, depending on where you looked at. Mm-hmm. We heard in the spring that it was just the techniques, that he had all the ability. It was just the techniques. It sounds like Jake Thornton has worked out some of that stuff. And if you look at Jake Thornton, wouldn't surprise you because he's he's known as a developer. Mm-hmm. When he's recruiting to pick up a little bit on the O-line right now, we won't get into that one. But development is a big thing of his. And um, it seems like he's done this again with Xavier Miller. So good, apparently, Blake that Coach Free said, I might have to move some guys around because I just have to play this kid. Yeah, and and uh, he, he was he was talking about Gunnar Britton and, mm-hmm. and the fact that he can play anywhere on the O-line, and he said, hey, it's not the fact that he got beat out of his job. It's the fact that Xavier Miller just has to play, mm-hmm. all right? And, and we can move Gunnar and put him in certain positions uh, where, where other kids, we might not be able to do that. So, Dustin, just sit back and think of Auburn having success on the offensive line and having to move a kid because another kid is playing that well. Hey, I mean, how does thank you transfer portal? 
how does that feel, man? That you you look and you're saying, "Hey, man, we're having to we're having to move a tackle into the interior line because we got another kid that come from JUCO ranks and he's six six three twenty and just can't stay off the field." I mean, how does that feel, Dustin? That Hugh Freeze has a problem like that, and we're we were getting accustomed to seeing yeah. where we couldn't run block pass block do nothing all right we couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time at one point all right i mean like i always told you is we had to get back to a a point where you line up and it's fourth and two and auburn football can pick up that fourth and two mm-hmm. and we were we were getting so far away from what auburn football really was because like we said the other night I can remember when I was a kid growing up, man, and all the great running backs that come through Auburn, all right, and us being able to be physical at the line of scrimmage and us being on a fourth and one in the Iron Bowl and Brad Lester, you know, picking up three, four yards to get a first down and and us securing a dub, you know. I remember those times, man, and – then you see a guy like Tank Bigsby down in Jacksonville, Florida, all right? And his – I mean, the way he runs the football, dude, is so impressive. And I kind of always said that his game was more NFL style than it was mm-hmm. college uh, just because of his patience and the way he lets his blocks set up and the, his ability uh, on that jump cut and everything. Brad Lester actually trains Tank and Jarquez uh, and – Brad post all kind of videos of Tank doing the jump cut and the stop and go and all that man like it's it's crazy how Tank can just cut on a dime, uh, but we wasted him honestly, and uh, you know he was a generational talent, and Auburn Auburn just wasn't physical up front during his years at Auburn, and one thing I do hate hearing is the Jar who's better Jarquez or Tank like I do I I hate seeing that on Twitter like I can't stand it because I think they're both uh hellacious running backs and their but, games are so different yeah their games are completely different and um but just getting back to is Avion Miller man and and uh the job that he has done in fall camp and to show this coaching staff like hey we have a problem on O-line now and it's a good problem all right it's not one where we're scratching our head going, oh, man, here we go again. Like Peyton Thorne and Robbie, like they're going to have to be leaving the pocket early. Like they're going to be under duress, you know, every single play. Uh, and it's just going to be a disaster. So you got you to gotta sit back and be like, damn, man, like Auburn's in a good spot on the O-line. Like Hugh Freeze, Jake Thorne, like they did the thing. Like we have a problem, and it's a good problem on the O-line. I'm excited. Anytime I hear news – about us having to move a guy that has played in big games, all right, in college football, and he's got a lot of games under his belt, and he's a stud at his position. People are talking about this kid playing in the league on Sundays, mm-hmm. and we're having to move him to possibly on the interior, all right, for this kid to play. I'm excited, Dustin. Yeah, it's such it's just such a big difference, man. Obviously, it wouldn't be wouldn't be possible without the portal. You have a complete turnover outside of Jeremiah Wright if he ends up winning that guard spot. 
I obviously think he will. And if he doesn't mm-hmm. start week one versus UMass, by the time we roll around AM, mm-hmm. I feel like he'll be your starting guard. But nevertheless, man, entire new offensive line sounds like they're gelling well together. We won't know that till bullets actually start flying, but so far, so good, man. You got an experienced guy like uh, Avery Jones out there lining them up. So yep. we've had nothing but positive reviews about the offensive line. And like you said, dude, last year you were you you couldn't you were struggling to find them. You couldn't find guys. And yep. now you're going, I've got too many. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the perfect problem you want to have because, unfortunately, all those guys ain't going to stay healthy this year. Bingo. You're going to need some. So now you feel like, man, I've got, what, eight? I feel comfortable saying you got eight, seven, eight guys. I mean, mm-hmm. from everything that we've heard, and you know you know personally how big I've been on Connor Lou since the kid was like a freaking junior in high school. So I feel like if we, he, he's a – if you got to slide him in, it's your number two center, you're good to go, like – you just start looking down there and going, okay, what if this guy misses? Well, I got somebody here. What if this guy gets hurt? I got somebody yeah. here. Like, it's good, man. You you really are starting to feel comfortable with the offensive line. And it was so bad last year, like everyone knows, but it was so bad that you were picking your quarterback just based off of offensive line. You were basically yeah. saying, I can't even run a real offense the way that I want to run it because my offensive line – cannot block to run that specific kind of they can't block for any offense really so we just got to kind of switch it up and do this qb run thing like cadillac just kind of batting down the hatches and did those last four games because you just didn't have it man and so now to be going into this season going into an sec season where you're not looking at your offensive line is the biggest question mark that feels really good but and this is the tricky part and he's been saying it since we hired him he said that about a day he's in he said it about fall camp so far there's a flip side to this. If the offensive line is just doing work all camp, then they're working somebody. And apparently it's been that D-line that's been getting worked. And I've been raising this concern for months, Blake. And yep. you're starting to kind of see, and then Hugh Freeze came out and said, we're just not getting off our blocks. And he mentioned it. He said, I'm starting to be concerned about this. And uh, I think that no Keldrick Falk and Jalen McLeod. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. they're not big injuries. They both – if it was a big game, like Keldrick would have been able to go type thing. I don't know exactly what Jalen's deal is, but it doesn't sound like either one of them are serious. But when you start hearing that, and this has been the one thing we've talked about and talked about, said there's no depth at edge. I'm sorry. I, I'm not knocking like a Sings or McAllister. If they prove me wrong, they prove me wrong, brother. I don't think they're going to be like bad players, but I don't think those are guys that you can count on to specifically to get paid. If, if Derek Hall couldn't do it all by himself, you see what I'm saying? Like I just yep. – I don't know if those guys are even on that level. There's just not depth there. There's just not a lot of guys we can rotate there. And when you tell me that our most talented, just pure athletic talent in the cloud and fall had to sit out, it's like, oh, boy. So I don't think that's – I'm not saying it's a concern going into the season. What I'm saying is you're already seeing that in a scrimmage just happened. What if this happens in a game where both these guys can't go? Then you're really – you really get concerned with it. And Blake is just – we're kind of there, bro. We're kind of at this point to where it's like, man, is this going to be an issue? Because it was an issue last year, and now the head coach is talking about it. Starting yeah. to get worried, buddy. Um, and and I guess that's why Ole Miss and uh, and Arkansas are licking their chops to play you, right? Ooh, that trip to Arkansas, man. I'm telling you, that's a tough one. I mean, that's why the that's why they are licking their chops to play you. So. Uh, you can't stop the run, and and Hugh's concerned about it. You know, um, somebody's got to step up, man. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to step up, and and, and 
start making start making some headway uh, in that in that front seven, and uh, because it is concerning. But like I was kind of telling you, are we just that damn good in the backfield, and and has, has our offensive line improved that much, or can can we just not stop the run, and are we still struggling? Like where are we at? Where is the where's the median right here? Of, of what side do we sit on? So, like, I know our backs are electric, and I know our O-line is, is vastly improved, but I'm, I'm, I'm waving the red flag here because I am concerned, and I thought this group was going to improve, uh, but there, there's cause for concern, man, especially when I look at our schedule and I look at the teams that are going to be running the football on us, and I'm sitting here going, because look, Look, you might think I'm joking here, but I'm not. But Vanderbilt is going to try to run the football on Auburn, Mm -hmm. all right? And when I hear things like this, because you can watch Vandy this coming Saturday. They play Hawaii. Watch what they do to Hawaii. They're going to line up, and they're going to run the football right at Hawaii. They're going to run the football. They're not going to play any games. They're going to line up, power football in between the tackles, and they're going to run it right down their throat. And that's what they're going to try to do to Auburn, all right? And I start looking at the games on the schedule, and I'm like, okay, well, Mississippi State's going to try to run it on us this year. Ole Miss is going to try to run it on us. Like That's going to be the the go-to game plan once again this year. So, yes, I'm waving that red flag. We know what the secondary can do. So, you know everybody's licking their chops to line up and pound the football in Auburn. So, yeah, I'm, I'm waving the red flag, Dustin. I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah, if you – we're going to do our next Friday. We'll do our official prediction of the schedule. And um, man, I know that you look at names like Arkansas and you look at names like Vanderbilt and just the tradition as an Auburn fan is to kind of poo poo those teams and write them off and say, man, there's no way we feel like we're going to get better. So that means we're automatically going to beat these teams. Yep. Um, Arkansas ran it down our throat last year in our stadium. I mean, it was the deadest atmosphere that I've ever seen in that stadium. That wasn't, there was a lot of reasons surrounding that, obviously, but just a bad, bad day, man. They took it to us. And is uh, if you think that Vanderbilt, a name like – there's no way Vanderbilt can line it up and run it on us. Georgia State did it a couple years ago. That's a fact. If you can't stop the run, you can't stop the run. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that a team like UMass will have the horses to really exploit that deficiency. Uh, Samford won't have the horses to, you know, kill you on that. What can Cal do there? They probably get it a little bit. But, like, once you face A&M, then, you, then George and LSU, obviously, then you get in a stretch to where it's like, boy, if you don't stop the run, this thing can get nasty quick. So mm-hmm. it's all speculation, and they could – the season could come around, and this could not be a thing. I – I don't – I feel pretty comfortable saying we're not going to be good at stopping the run. So the question is going to be – and that's just depth. Like, that's really yeah. my concern, bro, is like when we get into week seven or eight and a guy like Jason Jones is banged up and a guy like Justin Rogers is banged up, then I start looking down there and going, I don't know. Now, some of those transfers, the kid from Purdue and Maryland, you know, maybe, but we, I don't know. I don't know. And I have to – you know, we'll see, man, but the depth is just the part where you're like, oh, boy. That, that's kind of like what we were saying the other night in our worst case scenario mm-hmm. is like you get into that week eight, week nine, and you lose a Justin Rogers for a game or you lose a Jason Jones or a Keldrick Falk has to sit out, you know, uh, and, and you start scratching your head going, all right, well, you know, who's going to step up mm-hmm. and, and be productive up front 
for this for this football team and and uh it it gets kind of it gets kind of tricky on the depth chart you know because you start looking and and i know the 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 transfers like you just mentioned and everything but you know we haven't seen enough out of them just yet and i'm i'm just i've got a red flag man i I was super confident about this group and and i know when we made some predictions i said that they were going to improve but i'm just raising the red flag for now uh, because I, I want to see us, I want to see us go out to Cal and see how we play out there. That that's going to be the one for me when we make that long, uh, that long flight out there. And I want to see if we can line up and and if we can manhandle Cal, then I will move forward in the season and saying, okay, well, I'll kind of judge that game off where we're going as a football team. Right. Um, let me ask you this. This is something that stood out to me. And again, hard to judge, right? Mm -hmm. But I look at it and I say, we've had two scrimmages now. We've protected the football on offense. Big deal, because we did not protect the football last year. Everyone knows that. Something we also didn't do last year was create turnovers. Mm -hmm. So, and again, I I hate to even ask you this, Blake, because you don't, I know it's such a tough question when you don't know the answers uh, is you versus you type thing, but. Mm Is that a concern that you're two scrimmages in now and you haven't created a turnover on defense? And I feel pretty confident in saying if this defense is going to be mid-pack, top half of the SEC, it will have to be creating turnovers to do that. I don't think we'll be able to consistently stop the run. I think there are teams we're going to struggle to generate pass rush against. We're going to have to wreck havoc and have a Cam Riley or a Keontae Scott, somebody off of an exotic blitz. Even Hugh mentioned it saying that the pressure came from stunts and, and different kind of, you know, different kind of things like that. It wasn't just pure pass rush type stuff. Now, Jalen McLeod and Falk sitting out, probably the main, the main reason for that, but you know, injuries happen type thing. So what, um, where do you stand on this one? Cause I look at it and I go, buddy, we got to create some freaking turnovers, man. I don't want our QBs committing them. So it's a, it's a Dan, if you do Dan, if you don't type thing here, but Blake, yeah, we got to get the ball, man. Yeah. And you know, I was going to bring up, uh, one thing I was proud of is is uh, you know I think I think Peyton Peyton threw the Peyton threw a pick yesterday and Robbie did not you know um, so like I think seeing our quarterbacks not really turn the ball over at a at a high clip in in both scrimmages like I'm I'm okay with a guy going twelve of seventeen all right with a pick but he throws two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember how many yards he threw for, uh, but I, you know I'm okay with that, right? Um, and and Robbie obviously uh, not turning the ball over. I'm extremely excited about that because you know yeah. that was one of my biggest things with Robbie. I was like, Dustin, he just turns the ball over too much. Yeah, I've got man. a whole spiel set for that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, am I concerned about uh, you know the defense? I'm gonna say no. Um, I'm not just yet, Dustin. Right. And and um because I think we might have so much we might have improved so much on offense where uh a Peyton Thorne, you know, um he he's taking care of the football a little bit better. Robbie has learned how to take care of the football mm-hmm. a little bit better. Maybe Robbie's not forcing some throws like he did against San Jose State last year, mm-hmm. uh where, you know, he was rolling Damn, out to the sideline and and yeah, and in the in the Georgia game where he was wide open field and just drop the football um you know so uh, i'm not worried just yet now if we if we get into the season and we're umass cal 
yeah. at Sanford, and we we ain't created a turnover or two, you know, or three. I'm gonna be sitting here scratching my head, going, "All right, you know, what's the deal? Like we're getting off to the same start we did last year." So, um, I'm not concerned just yet, Dustin. I, I'm I'm gonna give it a minute. Right. I do feel like Hugh had to have, and you know he did, emphasize ball security with all the quarterbacks in the offseason, yeah. especially a guy like Robbie that he's had since the spring. I'm sure that that was probably the main thing with Robbie every day was ball security, ball security, ball security. So mm-hmm. a good coach like Q Freeze, who is a QB developer, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think he significantly improved these guys in turning the ball over. But we went so many games last year without creating some on defense where that kind of Mm-hmm. Like you said, we won't wear the red flag yet, but just something to, to take note of and pay attention to. And hell, we're like 13, 12 a day, 12 days away here. So mm-hmm. gonna find out pretty freaking soon, brother. We're gonna find out soon, man. Uh listen, guys, before we get over here and talk about these quarterbacks and how they perform, you want to look good when UMass runs into Jordan Harris Stadium. Home field apparel. I believe this is an all-white game. This is a white out game. Mm-hmm. So if that is the case, uh bear with me for just a second. I got a shirt got right. Shirts. Got a shirt right here that would be perfect for a wideout. Mm-hmm. And I kind of messed up and didn't follow the instructions. If you're listening on audio, this is a 1957 <laughs> national championship shirt. Shout out to Shug Jordan and the boys back in the day getting the job done, bringing that natty home. Whoop Bama's ass that year, by the mm. way. A little history lesson. Put it on a forty-something zero. Um, but yeah, man, you want to get these shirts? Fifteen percent off your first purchase. Up tempo. All caps code. Up tempo. If you've already got all your home field stuff and you're like, hey, man, I want to rep the up-tempo podcast, I don't blame you. I encourage you to do that as well. That's all the cool kids are doing it. And go on to – we got the link in the description. Go on to the War Reports website. We know a couple of you guys. Our guy Tanner, man. Shirts yeah. were up for like 10 minutes, and Tanner went out and cop one. So yeah. love you, Tanner. You know you're our boy. But you see it right here? I'm wearing it. Uh, Level Up, Up-Tempo podcast. We got the War Report Network. Logo right there. Shout out to our guy Ike, man. So you can go on the website there, get those with a 20, 25 bucks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. something I believe it was 25. I should probably should know that off the top of my head at this point. But go on there, man, get those, help us out. Like we said before, all that money for that kind of stuff. It's getting pumped right back into this podcast, man. We got big mm-hmm. plans, but these big plans, Blake, they cost money. Mm-hmm. Other ways, if you want to help out, you can join our our uh, memberships here. Blake, talk about the memberships. Yeah, Dustin, uh, we got the JV squad for $3.99 a month, brother. And as you can see right here on the screen, if you are listening on audio, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. We offer members-only live chats, uh, member shout-outs, just like we just shouted out our boy uh, Tanner. We appreciate him. Uh, you, you will get priority reply to comments and early access to videos on that $3.99 a month. Uh, JV squad and we are creating and cutting up some exclusive gifts uh, for you guys to be able to use those during our live shows we just haven't been able to release those just yet or you can go over to the varsity squad for $5.99 a month and you will get recruiting updated videos starting this coming Friday night as high school football season kicks off uh, and we will be going around trying to watch some of our best guys uh, that Auburn is after on the recruiting trail. So I know we're excited about that. We're going to create a little game day group chat, get in here before the games uh, kick off, 
or tip off or first pitch is thrown, whatever. Uh, we will be talking Auburn football and then Auburn basketball, Auburn baseball, whatever you guys want to talk about, we're down. Uh, we also offer a game play with you. If you are interested, if you're a $5.99 a month member and you want to send us your gamer tag, we will upload Madden. Or next summer, we will upload NCAA football and we will play with you. Uh, we're excited about that. I know we got some big things coming uh, with that part of the uh, varsity squad. And we will also be doing some watch the film Auburn baseball style. Can't wait for Auburn mm-hmm. baseball season. Uh, that is going to be a blast to break down guys like Ike Irish, Cooper McMurray, uh, and, and, and dudes like that, Chris Stanfield. And hopefully we get to, hopefully we get to get in on, uh, having an interview with those guys and maybe a little doing a little, you know, a little fireside chat mm-hmm. for Auburn baseball, mm-hmm. getting them up and, and uh boosting their little resume man and getting getting people on the Auburn baseball kick that uh that would be pretty cool so yeah. look there's a lot of there's a lot of exciting things going on Dustin especially at the at the War Report network the entire network man we're we're booming uh and and it's all because of the people who listen to us and follow us and support us uh, we greatly appreciate each and every one of you uh yes, look uh, Dustin, I was just going to say real quick, like my DMs are always open. Dustin's DMs are always open. If you want to talk, hit us up. We're always here. We're always here to answer questions. Um, and and we just appreciate each and every one of you. Yes, sir. Like I said, man, hit us up. Um, Friday, I will be at Theodore at Baker. Um, mm-hmm. And what I've kind of decided to do is – okay, well, I'll see you there, brother. No. Uh, one thing that uh, I've, I've decided on is – and this will be a work in progress, man. Like I'm sure as the season goes on, I'll figure out, okay, I need to do this, need to do that. So just, you know, just bear with us these first couple of weeks as far as getting this content out, how this hall is going to look, Um, you know, first one will be Friday. It might not be the Christmas, but w- one thing that I, I decided I'm going to do is every Saturday morning, uh, I'm going to wake up, talk about the game that I went to, obviously break down the prospect, let you know anything on that. And I will look at what everybody else did and uh, everybody that's committed and I'll do it. Maybe only be like a 15, 20 minute pod. Right. And if mm-hmm. obviously if you want to hop in, you know, whatever. Um, but you got kids and stuff and I wake up pretty early in the morning. So I'll get up. <laughs> yeah. I'll get up, you know, six thirty, seven o'clock that Saturday morning, man. And uh, I'll upload that for our members. It'll be like just a recruiting update on how all the guys did Thursday and Friday night and let you know if there's any intel on some new guys that we were after and that kind of thing. Uh, that that pod will be specifically for. Um, our members only so you want to get in there and get that done and as far as the uh the jvs like the, the gifts and the, the private chats and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you're going to want to hop on that before tuesday night big big kickoff special tuesday night great lineup of guests we're super super excited about it man you don't want you don't want to miss this 7 p.m central time this tuesday night is our kickoff special be there guys be there we're really really excited about it and y'all know the deal super chats and all that kind of stuff you obviously will get priority your comment will get brought up um, if you want to ask our guests any kind of questions, memberships, you're automatically going to get it. Super chat, you automatically will bring it up with Jake, Crane, Ike, Mike, whoever. You want to get a question in with them, guys? That's how you do it. We'll make sure that you do if you do that for us. Hmm. So uh, love you guys, man. We really do. The growth has been absolutely tremendous. We're at 791 as of recording right now, 791. So easily should get over 800 on this episode, and we are on our goal, man. We are pushing towards 1K, and we're going to get there soon. June, July the 1st, we were at like 298. We're sitting here at 791, <laughs> bro. Like, it's bumping, guys. It really is bumping. It's because of y'all. It is. Uh, 
so many Auburn podcasts out there. There, there are so many Auburn podcasts. There are Auburn podcasts at this point that have Auburn podcasts that have Auburn podcasts. Yeah. So, uh, so for for you to for you guys to tune in, man, and show us the love, we we really really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake, quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Hugh announces Peyton Thorne is the guy, mm-hmm. and we come in here Saturday, and it seems like he had his best day. And the point that I want to lead off here with before I toss it to you is, I just want to say. Good coaches know how to coach their players. Mm-hmm. Good coaches can look at guys differently and say, this guy reacts that way. This guy reacts that way. You know, like just everybody's different, man. Like I'm, I was the kind of guy going sports. You needed to get in my butt a little bit. Mm-hmm. I needed to get chewed. If I had a couple good games, I might start slacking. You, you need to get in me. My little brother, opposite. You can't get on my little brother. He's going to shut down. You got to be encouraged. You know what I mean? Like everybody mm-hmm. is different. Yep. And I yep. think that's right here with Peyton Thorne and Robbie. I think that he has coached these guys the same. Obviously, he's fair, but I think he's approached the, the mental different. And it's so impressive to me for, for Hugh to say, I think Peyton was pressing. I think Peyton struggled last Saturday because he was pressing. So I needed to go ahead and name him the starter. And then we come to this scrimmage and the numbers bear out. And all the reports that we've heard is that he wasn't pressing. He was settled in that he, that he, that he just was in tune with what he needed to do to bring the best out of Peyton. Then on the flip side of Robbie, when he made this decision, he said it will all be about how Robbie responds. Let's just go back and look at Robbie from the time Hugh Freezes took over. There's no, just based off of what Hugh Freezes said, much less Intel that you've got or other articles that you can read or whatever, just, just, just off what our head coaches said. It's obvious that Robbie has improved significantly in several aspects of the game. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying these are two different guys with two different mental makeup. And Hughes played it both perfect. He knows how to do it. And so so Peyton goes 12 of 17 for two tutties and a pick. Like I mentioned, Nehemiah was a guy with a pick. No shame there. Uh, and Hughes said it was a bad decision. And he said it was early. So that's impressive to me. Peyton makes a um, makes a bad decision early. Nehemiah, an experienced guy, gets the pick. Peyton bounces back and has a good scrimmage, throws two more. Uh, the A for 15 with Robbie in context is important here. How many of these reps for Robbie were the ones? How many of them were twos? When you see A for 15, it's hovering around that 50% line. But Hugh said he threw the ball well. So that, that kind of tells me there was probably some drops, maybe some misassignments. Hugh, was, Hugh pointed out specifically he was fine with the way Robbie threw the ball. So I wouldn't put too much into the eight, eight, for, eight for 15 there. I would put a whole lot into another scrimmage where Robbie's had two touchdowns and no turnovers. So by my count, that's four tutties in the air and zero on the ground for Robbie Ashford. I think he's improving, guys. And how interesting was it? And I don't want to leave holding out seven of 11, but that uh, we probably against the second and third strings. But still, that, that's a good number right there, accurate. Um, don't really know what all that looked like. But these are all good numbers right here. Um and what he did with Robbie Blake was he just it just seems like he's pressing all the right buttons. But I think the interesting thing that he said was that he said, Hey, Robbie's still pushing Peyton. And I when I when I watched Hughes press conference last uh, yesterday, I kind of just stepped back and said, Man, he's talking through the media to these guys, like good coaches do. He, mm-hmm. you know, he's speaking in code to these guys. And uh, I think they're responding. I think they're all responding really, really well. I'm so proud of Robbie for buckling down, getting the job done, continuing to impress and continuing to push Peyton. And like we talked about on the last episode, that's only good for Auburn, man. Like we just talked about with offensive line. This is only a good thing. These are positions of concern where all of a sudden we're saying, we've got guys, bro. We've got multiple guys. What are your thoughts, brother? 
Uh, I just want to give a standing ovation and uh, a, a nice little hand clap for Robbie Ashford. Head coach Hugh Freeze comes out and says that his last three practices uh, were the best three practices that he has had while he has coached him. Uh, and, you know, a guy doesn't get named the starter. A guy is – could be beat up and and a little down for not being named the starter, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you get this reaction of don't take don't take the eight for fifteen like you said to heart, right? Uh, you take take the fact that Robbie bounced back after getting bad news of him not winning the starting job because we know how passionate he is about that, uh, and and he bounces back and has a a great day from Hugh Freeze, right? Hugh Freeze, like you mentioned, he said don't pay too much attention to that 8 of 15. Uh, but he he led two scoring drives. And like we said earlier, Dustin, he didn't turn mm-hmm. the ball over, okay? Both of these guys are feeding off each other. Mm-hmm. And like you said, if Peyton comes out and he doesn't play well, we got Robbie right there behind him, all right? And I know it's it's far off. But then you got to feel good about holding behind him. So you're looking at these three guys and saying this is pushing each guy's pushing the other one in that quarterback room. When when was the last time that, that you saw a legitimate quarterback race at Auburn? It, it, I mean, uh, okay, you know, so maybe I mean last year was a legitimate race, but I didn't nah. feel good. But I didn't feel good about. Whoever was you know, right, like Who you're like somebody's yeah. got to win it, but it doesn't feel like a good race. Yeah, and and look for anybody that might say, well, Holden and Robbie were in that race, you know. But look, <laughs> so, yeah, a year later, more experience, yeah. and with a better staff and coach and, and quarterback yeah. guru, <laughs> offensive uh, line yeah, that can maybe block a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I'm just excited to hear the news of Robbie and him bouncing back and not laying down head not down, chin not down, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kid, it shows a sign of maturity. And I'm, I'm excited for that, the, the grown-up version of Robbie Ashford, right? You know, the, 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 the kid turning into a man for bouncing back and pushing Peyton. Because this thing right here, man, Peyton, like, like I mentioned the other day, Peyton could go down for a play. Helmet could pop off. And and here comes Robbie. Robbie might have to come out in a big key situation. Uh, and so stay ready. Be ready. Watch film. Uh, stay prepared for your number to be called. And like, like you said, Robbie is a freak. And he is going to have to be on the field. He is going to have to take care of the football when he does get on the field. Because I can tell you this, the first couple games, bro, Hugh's going to run him out there. And if Robbie starts fumbling the ball or Robbie throws a pick, that stuff's going to come to an end. Like, Hugh's going to cut down on it and not use it as much. And uh, so I, um, I'm i just excited about the actual quarterbacks uh, growing and competing. Peyton Thorne having a nice day. And like you said, Hugh said it looked like there was a little relief that was lifted off of his shoulders and uh, and and he was spinning it pretty damn well. So I am excited uh, for this race, this competition, uh, this this growth in the quarterback room. I guess you could say 
Uh, and and I think it it serves Auburn well, and it, it just kind of shows uh, the the offensive line, you know, like mm-hmm. th- there's there's competition everywhere, man, and competition right. makes people better, um, and and it makes people hungrier and want to win even more. Uh, so I just I give a I give a hand clap to Hugh Freeze as well for seeing, hey, I bring a guy like Peyton Thorne in, and we have a legitimate. Uh, quarterback competition, and we have a process that we go through to make these kids grow as players. And I think he hit the nail on the head, uh, and and I think he's hit a, a grand slam as being Auburn's head coach so far without coaching a football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will see here soon, here shortly. <laughs> the Tiger Walk. I gotta, I gotta grade Hugh Swagger down that Tiger Walk, brother. I got, I gotta see what kind of fit he's got. I know he ain't beating Cadillac. Ain't right? nobody ever. Yeah, Caddy I know, goes, he, ain't, bro. I yeah, know he, he ain't beating yeah. Caddy. A and M Tiger Walk was something filthy. Yeah, I, I gotta see, I gotta see what Hugh brings down that, uh, brings down that Tiger Walk, and then, uh, and then I gotta see it inside of Jordan Hare Stadium and on the road, but. Uh, you you got to be excited, right, Dustin? You got to be mm-hmm. itching for for September second. I mean, you know, it, it's just you want to get back to Auburn football. Yeah, listen, when they talk about uh, when you talk about the itch, I think the players are itching, mm-hmm. and it's so. Remember last year, whenever it was like I think it was kind of like an impromptu thing that Harson <laughs> did, where uh, they just it was like a practice. And they just kind of let people come like the public was allowed mm-hmm. to come to the practice. And everybody that left was like, yo, I know that was just a practice and I don't know much about football, but that looked terrible. <laughs> Remember that one? We're like, yeah, just, like just like random fans are like, hey, man, I'm not a coach, but like I've never seen a football practice before. But I do watch football and look like we sucked. Yeah. And then it turns out that everything that was mentioned that day, receivers dropping balls, couldn't pass block, couldn't establish the run, couldn't stop the run when you did block run block. All those things mm-hmm. came to be. And I feel like, and then we talk about it, it's hard to get notes out of practice and, and, and mm-hmm. camps and all that. But man, when I say the players are itching, itching right along with us, like Robbie could have folded too yep. tall. Too tall yep. could have stepped back and said, I'm not going to get to play this year, yada, yep. yada, yada. He said, you know what? I'm going to push somebody out of spot. Mm. And they're all good, but I'm just going to be better. Talk um, to me. That's going on everywhere, man. A guy like Amari Kelly, he could have saw all this Jay Fair hype, and he could have said, you know what? I'm just going to take a seat because I'm not going to start over Jay Fair and Camden, the other guys that came into my class. And then you brought in Shane Hooks, and you brought in Shorter, and you brought in these transfer portal guys, and, and Vars, the senior that's going to get his. I'm just not going to get mine mm-hmm. this year. And then instead, Amari Kelly said, you know what? Screw that. You got to give me the reps. I'm going to ball. Um, I see that all over this team, man, and that's such a difference. Look at the running back position. Mm-hmm. I mean, Damari's had a great camp. Batiste had a great camp. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here telling you, I think Cobb's going to take some spots. Whew. Like, it's just – it just seems like the team has responded. And mm-hmm. in the summer, at the beginning of the summer, me and you had kind of heard from a couple of different people that would know that, hey, man – there's a lot of different agendas. And if you listen to our show, you, we were kind of speaking in code on that one. We were saying like, hey, I just don't know how these portal guys are going to come together. And That's because we were hearing some stuff that it just mm-hmm. guys were kind of being individuals. Yep. Guys are coming in with one, two years left. I'm trying to get to the league, not looking out. Not only are we hearing some little bit things different, but even if we weren't, you can just look at it and tell. It seems like 
Things are starting to come together. It seems like the buy-in is there. Now, does everybody buy into a head coach their first year? No. And guess what happens to the guys that don't buy in this year? They won't be here next year. Mm. They're going to fall off. But I feel like the divisions that we had in our locker room last year, the different groups, the different guys that were in different camps or different quarterbacks, and, and these this guy was beefing with this guy in the huddle and all this kind of stuff, um, he's not going to put up with it. Mm-hmm. He won't put up with it maybe to the detriment of the talent on the field. If you're mm-hmm. a guy that is not getting the job done Monday through Friday, even though you're the best option on the field, that's probably going to hurt you some reps because Hugh mm-hmm. understands the culture and what he has to kind of put in place here to get guys to come to practice on time, to get guys to show up to workouts on time, all these simple kind of things. But from what I'm hearing, from what you're hearing, and from what we're seeing and hearing about the intel we're getting from on the field, it seems like the buy-in is starting to take place. And this is how winning winning cures all of it. So this is how this would work. You start off 3-0. and Everybody's really hyped. You know how we're going to be at the Auburn family if we start off 3-0. and We're going to be on cloud nine. Yep. You go in and win that A&M game, and then all that buy-in that's starting to happen, it clicks. And mm-hmm. then you're bought in. And even if, even if you just are competitive versus Georgia and LSU and don't win it, you're four and two, halfway through that schedule, everybody's bought in, locked in, still trying to get to eight, nine wins. I just feel like you see stuff on the field turning around and you're starting to hear about the intangibles and you can look at all these individual battles and say, man, this guy's responding well. This guy's responding well. This guy's, well, if I'm pointing out 15 guys that are responding well, it kind of tells me that the damn team's responding well. It tells me that the team is starting to buy in, that these guys are starting to get it, and that the competition is starting to feed. You hear about a guy like J.D., J.D. Rim back there is just saying, boy, y'all got to give me a spot somewhere. Don't forget about me. Like, Mm -hmm. there are so many guys, bro, that have stepped up and got better, or at least from what we've heard. (laughs) We'll know for sure when the lights turn on here soon. But, man, um, the energy, the narratives, everything is so much different than where we were at this point last year. And I'm not saying that as a shot at anybody. I truly am just saying that as to say, this is, this is what the future, like there's hope. There's reason to be optimistic. Last year when we kicked the season off, I was Auburn fan barring Auburn goggles type convincing myself. Mm -hmm. There's no convincing myself this year. I feel like things are getting better. There's tangible evidence that just the mental psyche the intangibles of this team has improved. And if just that alone improved, I feel like that's worth a win or two. You improve that with the talent. We could sneak, you know, you could sneak around. You could sneak around and really make some noise here. Really makes people step back and say, okay, this year isn't about winning any kind of divisions, any kind of championships, anything like that. This year is, is about letting recruits know the sophomores, these juniors and a couple of seniors that you want their parents know and letting everybody around the country know, that we're back to playing Auburn football. And I've said this before, there's not a win total on that. I mean, there is to an extent, like five, and you go, okay, that wasn't good. But whether <laughs> yeah. whether it's whether it's seven, eight, nine, like if you just get back to establishing yourself and playing mm-hmm. Auburn football, then you feel good about the future. That's my main thing. Do I want eight, nine, ten wins? Of course. But if we won seven games and I saw all these things we talked about, all the little stuff behind the scenes, the recruiting. If I saw everything going up, that's what this year is about, bro. This yeah. year is about building the foundation for this Pat Dye run we're about to go on with Brother Hugh Freeze at the yeah. pulpit. Good stuff, brother. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I'm so excited. I, I know, dude. Wait. I know. 
I can't wait. I'm tired of talking about it. Now, <laughs> I'm just excited for Saturday for Vanderbilt and Hawaii, mm-hmm. man. I'm going to be all over that one. Like, I'm just excited for college football. I'm excited for all the content that the War Report Network is going to be pumping out. I'm excited to just uh, get inside of Jordan Hare Stadium and not um, not have to worry about hmm. you know the getting our teeth kicked in by thirty plus by. Penn State and um, just that whole regime and everything, man. And and I'm excited for the new era and uh, and these kids to uh, lay the like I say, lay the concrete, lay the lay the foundation, brother. Put the you got to put the pipes in and uh, and you got to get everything set uh, on that on that concrete slab before you can build the house, right? And uh, and that's what that's what this team is going to be remembered for. Uh, and and I'm excited for them to get to kick it off here uh, in a couple days. So it's here, man. It's here. Uh, you gotta you gotta get ready for that for that atmosphere in Jordan Hare Stadium. Look, I know they're playing UMass Week One, but I want to see that. I want to see that damn thing filled up. I want to see it. I want to see it loud. I want to see Hugh Freeze, Tiger Walk being electric, uh, and and I want this fan base to be uh, energized and and uh, just just ready to see these kids go to battle, man. And, uh, cause everything they went through, Dustin, mm-hmm. everything they went through, man. It's been, been tough road last year or two. And, and, you know, like, like Cadillac, he said, Hey, they just need to be loved. And, uh, you know, and like we always say, the seniors go out, man. So mm-hmm. when you come back to Auburn 10 years from now and you can look up and say, Hey, that was us, man. Like we got back Auburn, we got back, uh, where we needed to be in our final year, we, we put Auburn back on the map. So we put Auburn back in that top 10 national, mm-hmm. uh, you know, historical program. And, and that's what I'm most excited about this year, brother. They'll live forever. If you do that, you'll literally live forever. Like, yeah. You, I mean, just look at it. Look at the guys that are old as dirt that have been dead for a long time that have statues and are still on the side of the stadium. Like you can immortalize yourself if you're the senior class. You really can. That's that's no exaggeration. Um, one final point before we get out of here, I want to make. I kind of thought about it as you were talking about that right there. Just getting fired up for week one. When we blow UMass out, I don't want to see anything on social media or in the comments or anything about, well, it was UMass. I've been waiting through this 110 degree summer. All, all these months, and y'all have to celebrate. When we blow out UMass by 50, who cares, man? Party, celebrate. It's a, oh, Jarquez had 11 carries for 122 yards and two touchdowns versus UMass. Big deal. Well, guess what? I've been waiting six months to see Jarquez carry the damn ball. So I don't care who it was versus or what it was, bro. And then to that point, if you want to really break it down, look at Mercer in San Jose State last year, the two cupcake games. Did you not come out of those games feeling worse? Did you not come out of both of those games like, boy, we look rough? So if you do come out and look good, regardless of who it's against, you should feel like some improvements been made, just if you look clean. Because after after um, San Jose State last year, we knew. Like, we knew. Oh, boy. Yep. And so just if you if it's 48, 58 to nothing, don't poop on it, man. Don't poop on it. Blake, before we mm. get out of here, was it one more time? The push for 1,000 continues. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We're almost there, man. We're, like I said, we just need 100 a week. We yeah. <laughs> 100 this week and 100 next week, and we're there, man. We're and the there. numbers tell us, the, the numbers tell us there are hundreds of people that routinely watch the show that don't subscribe. So you're actually making it harder on yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Is it you? Because if you're gonna if you're gonna watch us every time, just subscribe. It'll pop right up into your feed and let you know. And you want to do the searching and all that kind of stuff. So make it easier on yourself when you do share this video. Do the hashtag level up for us, man. We're gonna try to get that pushing. Uh, it helps out with the algorithm and all that kind of stuff as well. You see it right there. If you're listening on audio, hashtag LVL up all caps. So when you share the video out with the link, man, do that for us. Anything before we get out of here, Blake? I'm done, brother. All I wanted to give it was a war damn eagle, and we will catch you on the next one. I think we're out. Yes, sir. War damn y'all. We'll see y'all.